boy was getting ready for Christmas and he really wanted the, uh, the, the newest video game system coming out. And so he had already asked his parents and he had already been to Santa at the mall. And he thought, I've got to make sure this deal happens. And so he found some paper in the, uh, the, the drawer of the printer at home and he, he sat down and he got out a pen and he thought he'd write a letter to Jesus. And he said, dear Jesus, I have been good all year. And then he stopped and he thought, I'm writing a letter to Jesus. I guess I can't lie. So scratch that out. And he said, dear Jesus, I have been good for the past several months. Ah, and then he scratched that out again because he several things came to mind and he realized that that probably was not the case. So then he uh, decided one more time, he, he said, uh, dear Jesus, I've been pretty good this month. And then he realized that wasn't the case either. And he scratched that out and he thought, I've got to change, I've got to change tactics here. And so he wadded up his paper and he, he threw it away. And, and as he looked around the room, his eyes fell onto the, uh, the mantle where the, the family nativity scene was set up. And, um, and he went over to that and he had an idea and he took the, the figurine of Mary off the mantelpiece and he, he went into the, the, the kitchen and he got an old Walmart sack and he pulled it out and he put Mary's figurine down in that Walmart sack and he tied it up and, and uh, uh, crumpled it all up and, and had that in the Walmart sack and then he went to his room and he, he threw it under his bed, clear back by the wall under the bed. Then he came back down into the room, grabbed another paper from the, uh, the printer and he sat down and he got his pen and he said, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, not exactly the letter we should be writing, right? Uh, we certainly shouldn't be threatening Jesus and we should be treating his mother Mary with some honor and respect. I, I mean, we don't, we don't believe that, that she was divine like some faith traditions do, but Mary was a very significant figure in the story of that first Christmas. And our, our theme this Advent season has been, what child is this? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question has some pretty deep answers, and we've already seen that, uh, that, that he is the good shepherd. And we saw last week that he is the king of kings, and he's our great high priest, and he's our sacrifice. It matters who, uh, who, Jesus, who we see Jesus to be as we celebrate Christmas. Uh, the, 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 the carol, uh, the, the title of the, the series comes from that carol, What Child Is This?, uh, released uh, 150 years ago this year, and, uh, and, and the the first clue mentioned in, uh, in, in that carol, uh, what child is this, uh, the, the first clue to his identity uh, is actually that, uh, that he is uh, on Mary's lap. So there's a connection between this child and Mary. And then his primary identity is repeated in that song at the end of the chorus every time, uh, the babe, the son of Mary. And, and so a very important answer to the question, what child is this, is that he is Mary's Son. So what does it matter that he is Mary's son? Uh, well, well, first off, I, I think it's important, very important for us to know that Jesus was fully human. He stepped out of heaven, spanning the distance between God and humanity, but he didn't come down as a, as a superhero swooping in to save the world. Uh, that's how we typically view uh, these salvation story, so to speak, uh, uh, up on the movie screen, right? The, the big hero comes in, supernatural powers, uh, flies in, uh, squashes the villain, saves the day, uh, all the things. But that's not how Jesus did it. 
Instead of remaining as God and overcoming evil by force, Jesus became like us. He became one of us. It's, it's one of the mysteries of God, one of the mysteries of Christmas. Jesus was fully God, yes, but he set that aside so that he could become fully human. The theological term is the incarnation, uh, God becoming human. Uh, it's described in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or uh, in, the, in the message, it says it this way, uh, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God, now flesh and blood, fully human, living next door, the babe, the son of Mary. Because Jesus was fully human, he has been our example. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are tempted, yet he didn't sin. He is our example. Because Jesus was fully human, he's also our representative. He has represented us on the cross, taking our sin on himself and paying the penalty with his life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because Jesus became flesh and moved into the neighborhood, he paid the penalty for sin so that we can be in right standing with God. A superhero God couldn't have done that. It had to be human, a human. And so God sent an angel to a virgin at just the right time so Jesus could be born as an infant so Jesus would be fully human, the babe, the son of Mary. But it never would have happened if Mary had said no. Here's how it went down, Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 26, just to, uh, to walk through this part of the, the Christmas story. I think it's great to get it uh, in front of us straight from Scripture. Uh, verse 26, Luke chapter 1, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel said, uh, answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the, the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So, so Mary could have said no. When that, uh, I don't know, I mean, it seems like a little bit creeperish, this angel appearing to this uh, uh, young girl uh, all alone, telling her stories about a spiritual conception. She very easily could have pulled out this pepper spray and said, get lost, what are you doing? And even after uh, hearing him out, uh, Mary uh, could have considered the craziness of it all and, and the hardships that it would cause. And she very easily uh, could have declined his request to be this baby's mother. 
She could have gotten out her list of positives and negatives, pros and cons, and and realized that the negatives might very well outweigh the positives, and and there was too much evidence stacked against her ever uh, having this great outcome and the life that she had thought she would have if she said yes, and so so she's uh, saying no certainly seemed like it would have been easier. Submitting to God's authority and his direction for her life would complicate her life tremendously. She could have said no. I probably would have said no. No offense, but I'm thinking you guys probably would have said no. Thanks, but no thanks, angel guy. I've got a decent thing going here, and I'm not going to mess that up. But, but Mary didn't do any of that. It doesn't appear that she even made a list or checked it twice or any of those. She simply obeyed. She fully obeyed. Why would she do that? I, I think... I think it had something to do with her complete belief and trust in what the angel had just told her, how he concluded his whole, uh, his whole message to her. Nothing is impossible with God. Because she believed that, she submitted to the plans of God for her life, and in so doing, she provided the way for Jesus to come to earth to become human. Her response to Gabriel says it all. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary was was fully obedient to the leadership and the direction of God in her life, no matter the cost. She, She trusted God and she obeyed him fully. And as Mary's son, Jesus lived out that same obedience in his life. I can just imagine Mary and Joseph's influence on their son. They literally were tasked with raising the Son of God, teaching him as fully human. He needed to learn uh, uh, all the things. He, growing up as a as a as a, a baby into a a boy into a, a a middle schooler. Oh my goodness, Jesus is a middle schooler, right? Uh, we could we could go all the things. Uh, they they showed him one of the things they taught him out of the the countless things they taught him was uh, showing him firsthand what it looked like to hear the word of God and obey it fully. As his parents, they, they taught Jesus how to obey, not just to obey them, but how to obey God. Uh, Jesus was fully human. As he grew up, he learned to fully obey the will of his heavenly Father. And we don't know too much about uh, Jesus' childhood, but we do know that, uh, that when he was 12, he caused a bit, bit of a hubbub. Uh, toward the end of Luke 2, Jesus was supposed to be traveling with his family. They realized he wasn't with them. Uh, scripture describes them as anxiously searching. And I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing to lose your own child. But when you lose God's child, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe you'd be anxiously searching, right? Uh, yeah, sorry, God, I, uh, I'm not quite sure where he is right now. We'll find him, I'm sure. We got it. Uh, so they're anxiously searching for him. Frantically, they return to Jerusalem. They find Jesus sitting in the temple. She returned, re- referred to it on the video. Uh, he's, he's sitting with these teachers and scholars, and he's learning, and he's teaching, and he's doing all And Jesus responds to his parents as they come to him and say, what in the world are you doing? He says... Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? From an early age, middle school Jesus <laughs> merely wanted to obey God's will. And, and that complete obedience continued into Jesus' adulthood in responding to some Jewish leaders who were giving, a hard, giving him a hard time. Uh, John 5.19 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. 
And later in his ministry, just a few hours before his crucifixion, actually, uh, as everything's coming to a head and uh, uh, folks are on their way to, uh, uh, to, to uh, Judas is on his way to betray him and he's going to be arrested. He's praying in the garden. And in Luke twenty two forty two, we read uh, Jesus praying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus' life was characterized by full obedience. Your will be done. I only do what I see the Father doing. I have to be about my Father's business. Jesus' life was one of complete obedience. What child is this? He's the son of Mary, uh, meaning he was fully human. And in following Mary's example, he was also fully obedient to God. And you and I need to be like Jesus, right? I have a hunch we're already halfway there. Raise your hand if you are fully human today. Are you full? Good, I see those hands all across the room, all across the room. Those of you online, it's full of all the people, all the, we're all fully, we're there, we're, we're batting 500, right? Jesus, fully human, and, uh, and, and we are fully human, so we're just like Jesus, there we go. But now, maybe another show of hands, how many of you have been fully obedient to God your entire life? Those of you online, all across the room, it is full, everyone's hands, no, I'm just kidding, they're not. Um, we don't have to, we don't have to, uh, we've, we've all, we all know, we've all fallen short of that, right? But, but, but li- as we read scripture, that's the expectation that we would fully obey God, right? Uh, th- throughout the Bible, uh, the goal is that we would obey God's teaching and we would obey God's leading and we'll follow him and his plans for our lives. Uh, that's the best way to live. We lift that up. That's the goal. That's what we need to be doing. We need to avoid sin and follow God's direction. And that's Jesus' example. Uh, Jesus did that. Mary did that. And that's the goal that we must have as well. Acknowledging Jesus as Mary's son actually gives us hope in that because he is our example. He was fully human and yet he still obeyed God in everything. And, and as his spirit empowers us, we can obey God too. Really, Mary and Jesus are simply living out the instruction that, uh, that King Solomon had shared uh, hundreds of years earlier, been taught for generations in, uh, in, in Jewish uh, homes and schools. Uh, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 uh, simply says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will direct your paths. It's the instruction. It's the wise way to live. That's what we need to be doing. Trust God in everything. Fully trust God and, uh, and, and fully submit to his leading and he will guide your life. And Mary trusted God. She trusted that what the angel Gabriel had said was, was true. And because she trusted, she submitted to his plan. She obeyed and God directed her paths. It, it wasn't all roses and sunshine for sure. Uh, life was hard for Mary, but she saw God move through her because of her obedience. And Jesus trusted God. He submitted to his father's direction throughout his short life on this planet, and God directed his paths, right? It was difficult. It led to the cross. But God moved and worked because of Jesus' obedience. I, I wonder what God has planned to do through your life. I wonder what he's already done through your life. I've heard some stories of that. I wonder what he's done that you don't even have an idea about, but because you've been fully obedient to him, that he's moved and worked through you. Who is, who is going to come to faith because of you and your obedience to God? 
what, what problems are going to be solved because you obey and, and you step in, even if it doesn't make sense and it's, it's difficult, but you sense God leading you in this area. You, you say no to sin and, and yes to righteousness and, and God leads you and, and, and problems are solved and, and people come to faith. What suffering, whose suffering will be lessened because of, uh, uh, because of your obedience, because you're following God's lead? The list can go on and on. I, I wonder if we've thought about these things. Whatever it is, it won't happen if we don't follow the example of Mary, the example of Jesus being fully obedient to God. Do you trust and believe that God wants to use your life for his purposes? When, when that is a characteristic of your life, when you, when you begin to trust and believe that God has a purpose for your life, uh, then, then, then you'll do whatever he says knowing that even if it's a little bit wacky, uh, you, you know that he is leading the way. It's certainly not the easiest road, but it's always the best road, and it brings deep joy. We've talked about joy all day, right? There is, there is no more joyful place to live than in the center of God's will. Mary's life was, was, uh, uh, was difficult, and, and she... Uh, Signed up for some pretty complicated stuff, and and uh, there's there's a prophecy that 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 uh, was tr- a, a sword will pierce your soul. Uh, the uh, Simeon said, and as they as they dedicated Jesus, and, and and certainly she had to go through heartache and grief and and loss and all the things. But there is no more joyful place than living at the center of God's will for your life. Happiness depends on what's happening. And I, everything's going well, and if everything's happening, then I'm happy. Joy is so much deeper and can sustain us even when what is happening wouldn't necessarily be what we choose. When we obey God, when we step into his will for our lives, he brings that deep joy, and he brings, uh, brings about a difference, not only in our lives, but through our lives. As a, um, as a sophomore at Mount Vernon Nazarene College, I, uh, I sat in the back of the chapel service on a Monday morning, uh, half listening, half sleeping, and half finishing my homework, if you can have three halves. And uh, probably the listening part was the part that wasn't, ha- wasn't uh, near up to snuff. But, but, but I did, did know that they were, uh, they were doing a presentation. Some people had come in from wherever, and they were doing this presentation about mission trips, potential mission trips coming up in uh, the following summer. And uh, as they kind of wound that down, they, it ended with a presentation, uh, or with an invitation to come forward, to sign up, uh, sign a card, do whatever, to say, yeah, maybe I'm interested, contact me, we'll find out more about it, uh, if, where, uh, what, what, what are some of the details, all those kinds of things. And, and to be honest, I, uh, although I was half sleeping and half doing my, my homework, I was also a bit intrigued, and I, and I really sensed God's uh, nudge to maybe go up and at least give him my name and figure out what, I mean, what could it hurt, right? But, uh, but as the music played and everyone stood and the final prayer was prayed and the invitation was, uh, come on up for a few minutes and, and uh, I, I stood with everybody else and uh, moved out of my row and went out the back door and went to class. And, uh, you know, I was with my friends and they would probably ask me what's going on and, and I mean, class was starting and, and we need to... And, Long story short, that started, I don't know, the better part of a year of a wrestling match with God in my life. 
I mean, I was a business major, not a religion major. Why, what business would I have going on some mission trip? I was a soccer player. I was, you know, well, I have to say, I thought I was cool. Uh, I, and, uh, and, and so, you know, there was... A, also, probably you could describe me as a nominal Christian at that point. I would say, yes, uh, I'm, a, but I'm a Christian, but only when it's convenient and when it's not weird. You know, I don't want to really go too far into this, right? I also knew, <laughs> I also knew that, that when they, uh, they gave that invitation, it was about more than just going on a mission trip. Uh, it wasn't just about me spending the summer somewhere, somewhere exotic somewhere, but that deep down, this was, this was calling me to a new depth of my relationship with God. Calling me to a full commitment. And, and you know, I just wasn't fully, I'm not sure I was ready for that. I, I, that was my argument anyway. Well, through a lot of, uh, a lot of prayer and a lot of stress and, and a lot of prayer and a lot of denial and uh, a lot of soccer games, and a lot of business classes, and a lot more prayer, a lot more chapel services, I finally came to the place of, of full surrender. And when that group came back the next year uh, to recruit for mission trips, um, I was the first one down there at the end and, uh, and, and signed up. And, and, and later, uh, when, I, when I sensed God's call to full-time ministry, um, I, I said yes. I'm not saying I didn't wrestle with that one either, but, but I said yes to God and in and, uh, and, and, and obedience to him. I, I had settled the deeper issue of trust and obedience, and so when God's call came, I had to say yes. It hasn't been the simplest, easiest life for sure, but uh, uh, 30 plus years later from that commitment, I believe that I can stand here today and testify that it's been rewarding and fulfilling and even joy-filled. I'm not saying I've been happy every day, but it's been full of joy. There's, there's a deep joy when we trust and obey I don't, I don't know every way that God may have used me in my obedience over the years. And I'm not saying that, I, I, that I've done it perfectly for sure. But I, I hope, I hope that I'm doing my best to trust him and to obey each step as his Holy Spirit enables me. I don't tell that story to say, boy, Pastor Pete's got it all, all, all good to go. Uh, that, that is uh, not the case at all. I simply say that to say Mary's life was characterized by full and complete obedience. Jesus followed her example. Uh, He was fully human, and yet he fully obeyed the voice of God. And as we allow his spirit to live in and through us, it's actually possible to fully obey God. And just, just imagine what God can do through a room full of people who are fully obedient to him. What child is this? He's Mary's son, fully human, fully obedient. Let's follow his example and let God use us to bring his joy to the world. Father God, we are, offer ourselves to you. We thank you for the example of your son. Lord, so many times we say, well, that was Jesus. He could do that. And yet, and yet we know that he was fully human just as we are. 
Lord, we thank you that we have the same spirit that lives within us. And so I pray that you would fill us with your spirit today, that you would enable us to be uh, the, the, the faithful, obedient people that you call us to be. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, fill us with, with your joy. No matter what we face, we recognize that you are moving and working in us and we can have the joy of a relationship with you. We celebrate you today in Jesus' name.